1: It's a joyous thing to know God. It's a joyous thing to discover these hidden treasures. It's a joyous thing to be a Christian. Why is it that Christians don't have joy? You have no reason. Remember, you got all these treasures. think about them. look at them, thank, be thankful for them. Count your blessings and name them one by one, and you will see what God has done. Why would you not be thankful? Why would you not be joyful? It's nothing worse than being around Christians who are not joyful. How you doing? Fine. You love Jesus? Yeah. It's like, whoa, dude! It's you know, Christians. It look like they've been baptized in pickle juice or something. You know, they're just like, well, being a Christian is boring. Have you all heard that? Being a Christian is boring. I'm like, no, I was bored when I was in the world. See, being a Christian is wonderful. As saints, being a Christian is wonderful. Amen. It is wonderful. And now that I'm a Christian, I wake up in the morning and I know where my wallet is and I don't have a hangover <laughs> and I'm happy and I know the person near me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We ain't going to go there. Being a Christian, it's a wonderful, joyous thing to be born again and you can see the the value of the kingdom and you can see these hidden treasures. It's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, and it says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I like that. In Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus is hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. In other words, get this, the simplest poorest, uneducated person knows that Jesus Christ knows Him as Lord, knows Him as Savior, and thus he is wiser and richer than the wisest and the richest person. Why? Why? Because they know Jesus. Because you're richer, you're wiser, because you know something that the world doesn't know. I do. Yeah, you know him. You know Jesus. The world doesn't know him. You know him. And that makes you richer than Bill Gates. That makes you richer than Oprah. (laughs) You mean I'm richer than Oprah? That's right. Because you know the Father. Isn't it wonderful to be richer than Oprah? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Don't tell her. I said, oh, go and tell her. Send us a CD. So we're wiser. <laughs> and you know what? I was thinking about this. The truest treasures in the kingdom are not in what you possess. Isn't that true? It's not in the things you have. You know, it was Jim Elliott who said, No man is a fool to give what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. You're no fool. To give what you cannot keep, to gain what you cannot lose. The treasures in heaven. Point number three. Notice again in your Bibles. Finding the treasure brings, produces real joy. Did you see that? In other words, when you find the kingdom for the first time, that's when you find joy. That's when you find true joy. You see, the things of the world only offer temporary joy. The things of the kingdom offer eternal, true joy. The things of the kingdom. P- Peter, 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 Peter said that this joy is unspeakable and full of glory. You, have you ever been so joyous you just can't get it out? I mean, it's unspeakable. And I can't tell you how much joy that I have in Christ. I, I can't explain it. It's unspeakable. I just can't really articulate it. That's what Peter called joy unspeakable. It was full of glory, full to the brim and overflowing with glory. And then in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and what saints—joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, these are all valuable treasures. When you come into the kingdom and you find these valuable treasures, you're filled with joy, the excitement. And I usually pray, and I and, and still do from time to time. Honestly, Lord, take me back to when I first received you. Don't you remember? I do. When I first became a Christian, think about when you first became a Christian, think about that now. When you first became a Christian, how excited were you? And you couldn't shut up. You were one of those Jesus freaks, talking about Jesus this and Jesus that and Jesus this and Jesus that, and you were excited, and you couldn't wait to get to church. I was like that. I couldn't wait to get to church. I couldn't wait to get the Wednesday night service. Because I I, I just wanted to get in God's presence because I knew that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand, our pleasure is evermore. And so I couldn't wait to get to church. I couldn't wait to get in the house of the Lord. I couldn't wait to see the family of God. And I'd come in and worship the Lord and, and, and listen to the word of God. And when I left, I felt clean because I'd been in the world all week working. And I felt dirty and filthy. And by the time I came in the house of the Lord and worshiped the Lord and heard the word of God and prayed and had communion and fellowship with other believers, then I just felt washed. You know, it's like it's like when you've been working in the yard all day and it's hot and sticky and nasty out, much like it is right now. And it's, and you just go in the house and you take a shower and you feel clean and you come out. You are all fresh and so clean, clean. And you come out of the shower and you go, Oh, that feels better. One brother told me last week, he said, Pastor Ronnie, I love Wednesday night. I said, really, why? He said, because when I come to church, he says, I just get clean. I think that's so cool. Because so do I. With the washing of the water by the word of God. That's what the Bible says. And every time you come to church, and every time you worship God, and every time you drop a tear for for God because he touched your heart, there's a washing that takes place in your life and a cleansing that takes place in your life. And when you leave church, don't you always feel better? I do. And there's a joy in that. You see, joy in being a house of the Lord. Come to church on Wednesday. Matter of fact, on this coming Wednesday, we're going to have communion and fellowship and prayer with the pastors here. Come, fellowship, get in, get involved in prayer and in the communion and, and serving is, is, is joy. Serving other people and serving the kingdom. Singles get involved in the singles ministry. Youth, go to the youth camp. They're taking sign-ups today at the church. Go to the youth camp. All of these things are treasures for the believer that will encourage you and strengthen you. And there you will find true joy. Point number four. Got to move on. A practical principle for the kingdom. Point number four. Oh, this is an important one. They're all important, but this one's important too. The kingdom is entered from different circumstances. Did you see that? Notice in the first parable, the parable of the hidden treasure, the man comes upon, or, or he actually just comes by chance, upon his treasure by accident. In the second parable, the merchant finds the great pearl as a result of a long search. The first guy, he probably got up in the morning put on his overalls, his wife made him breakfast and said, okay, honey, I'm headed out to do my plowing. And maybe he'd been plowing for a couple of hours and all of a sudden he stumbles upon something. He hit something in the ground and he digs it up and he finds a treasure and then he puts it back and then he goes by the field and then he owns the treasure. He just kind of hit something. I mean, it just kind of happened by accident. You know, it's like in our house right now. My backyard is tore up. Because we're digging. We're, we're trying to put some footings in. And, uh, and and we hit something. We hit something. Just digging and all of a sudden hit something. Oh, what's that? And we've come and discovered that it wasn't a treasure. It was a septic tank. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm just like, that would happen to me. You know what I mean? I can't find a million bucks or nothing nice. You know, I find a septic tank, you know, of which I am responsible to remove. So, but the man, here's the point. The man stumbled on the treasure. And many men, many women in the Bible stumbled into the kingdom. And they found what they weren't looking for. Remember Paul the Apostle, a.k.a. Saul? Remember? He was on the road to Damascus, on his way to Damascus to persecute and kill the Christians. He wasn't seeking Jesus. And Jesus just shows up, bright light, he falls to the ground. Jesus shows up and and he hears a voice from heaven. And and, in Rodney 1-1, the voice said, Saul, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And Saul said, who art thou, Lord And Jesus said, and the voice said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. And Saul probably thought, and I am dead. (laughs) History. See, amazing. One minute, he's seeking to persecute Christians. The next minute, he stumbles on a great treasure. Eternal life. John chapter 4. A woman went to the well to get a drink of water, and she went home with living water. And not only that, but then she went out and she told everyone, she became the first evangelist. Because she went out and told, come to see a man and told me everything that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? And they came. And they found the treasure. The eternal treasure. John chapter 9. The list goes on. John chapter 9. People finding what they aren't looking for. John chapter 9, a man is born blind, sitting in absolute darkness, and he wanted to see, and all of a sudden, he feels something sticky in his eye. Jesus spit, you know the story, made some clay, plopped it in the guy's eye, and then he told him, now go to the pool of Siloam and dip and you'll see, and the guy went and did that, and he saw this man not only found, he found eternal treasures, but he also found physical healing. He was healed, and then he was forgiven of his sins. He found a treasure. And many of you have stumbled into the kingdom, and you weren't looking for it. There was a brother here, I was telling the story, first and second service. There was a brother who, who, who tells the story here at Calvary. He was here today, and... Um, I won't tell you his name, but, but he, um, he said to his wife one Mother's Day morning, two Mother's Day ago, Carla, two. He said to his wife, he says, he says, honey, I didn't get you anything for Mother's Day. What would you like? He wasn't a believer. She said, what would you like? He said, what would you like for Mother's Day because I didn't pick you up any day. She said, well, you know what? I'd really like you to go to Calvary today if you would because she was going here. He said, I'd really like for you. She said, I'd really like for you to go to Calvary today if you would he goes, Well, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'm kind of stuck now. I guess I have to go, you know. So he goes, he comes to Calvary. And it was that day, that Mother's Day, he came because he was trying to satisfy his wife and give her a gift. He came and, 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 and he stumbled upon the kingdom because it was that day that he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? Can I, you can clap for the Lord. Go ahead, I'll wait. I will wait for that. Now, let me tell you something. That man did not come here to get saved. He came here to give his wife. He didn't come to the door, you know, I think today I'm going to get saved and give my life to Christ and it's going to change my life and now I'm going to be in ministry and all that and suffer for the kingdom. He wasn't thinking that when he got to church. So many people stumble. Hey, maybe you came today and I know guys have come to this church because there was a really fine girl that went here. Okay? Okay? She really cute now. I could go to go to church. Maybe she'll think I'm a good Christian boy. And uh, you know, I'll, maybe I get to talk to her while Pastor Rodney's preaching mistake. And you know, and I get, get to talk to her, you know, and all of a sudden I start teaching at the end and I go, Hey, would you like to give your Christ give your life to Christ? Yeah. They stumbled into the kingdom. Perhaps you were just fine at work until a Christian got hired and shared Christ with you, and now you're all messed up because now you realize you were on your way to hell, and now you got to get right with God. Gee, thanks. <laughs> now I'm all messed up. I was fine before I met you, Christian. <laughs> and maybe, hey, you might be here this morning, today, and as far as you know, you are seeking God. Can I tell you something? God's seeking you. I know people that have come to this church for years and they were not a believer. I asked them, are you a believer? They said, no. I said, well, you keep on coming, you will be one. One of us. You're gonna be one of us. (laughs) Like we're aliens. (laughs) And, uh, And true enough, sure enough, couple years and give your life to Christ, yeah. You see? You're not seeking God, but God is seeking you. Notice the first man found what he wasn't looking for, and the second man found what he was looking for. Now notice there are people, I think you would agree, that are what I like to call kingdom seekers, they're looking for meaning. They're looking for purpose in life. They, they tried this religion. They tried that religion. And they don't find anything that satisfies. They're looking for the kingdom. Acts chapter 8. Remember the story, the Ethiopian eunuch? He was coming back from Jerusalem. He went to Jerusalem to seek God. He's coming th- through the Judaic law. He's coming back from Jerusalem. He's riding in his chariot. He's reading Isaiah right at the place where it says "And he opened not his mouth. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and yet he opened not his mouth. And so he's reading there, and Philip shows up. And Philip says, hey, you understand what you're reading? He says, no, I don't have anybody explain it to me. And Philip jumped up in the chariot, and he explained to him and began to preach Christ unto him. You see, the eunuch, he was... Seeking, but Philip led him to the Lord. And then after Philip led him to the Lord, Philip disappeared. In the great? Acts chapter 10, same thing. Cornelius, he was looking for God and God sent Peter. And Cornelius found what he was looking for. You see, there are those who are kingdom seekers who are not looking. And they find what they're looking for. And then there are those who are looking, and God sends someone that they might find what they're looking for. You know, there are people who, you know, even are here today, and you're searching, and you thought, well, maybe I'll just go to that one church in the, that business park down there on Ten Ten that Center Street. Uh, you know, I, I had a guy one time ask me, you know, "Where's your church? Where's the church?" I said, oh, it's on Center Street next to the YMCA. If you're coming off the one, you know, hanging left and, you know, coming. You know, he said, isn't that, isn't that a business park? Isn't that oh, aren't those business plaza building next to her, you know? I said, yeah, 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 but inside there's a church, you know. A lot of people don't know that this is a church here. And one guy even said to me, he said, I was explaining him where the church was, and he said, um, 'Isn't he said, isn't that, is that like a jazz club or something like that? Like, don't they sell liquor there? And I said, "Why would, why ever would you say that?" And he, what do you say? And he said, "Well, you know, I've driven by there and I saw these bottles on the counter, and it was like where they serve all the drinks, and there's these bottles. Those bottles are what you add to make the drinks." What. I ain't even had anything off the coffee bar, but you put the sweet sugar syrup stuff to make certain flavors of drinks, and the guy thought that those were liquor bottles. He thought it was a club. So I came to church. I mean, right after that, I'm like, okay, well, set forth a new edict. We shall cover the bottles before we leave church. I mean, you know. So maybe you came to the club to see... You know what happens? Hey, God seeking you now. Again, let me be clear. Let me be clear. With all the seeking, you listen and listen close here. With all the seeking and all the finding, we are still talking about the grace of God. It is all God. With all the leading, all the seeking, all the directing, and all the finding, we are still talking about the grace of God. It is initiated by the grace of God. Someone once wrote this. He said. I sought the Lord, and afterward I knew. He moved my soul to seek him, seeking me. It was not I that found, O Savior, true. No, I was found of thee. How true. I was found of thee. Our final point, point number five. Although there are two different circumstances, in finding the pearl, notice this. There's only one way of getting it. Did you see that? They had to sell all they had to buy it. Very important here. He found the treasure and sold everything he had to obtain the treasure. You want to note, he didn't sell it to find it. He found it and then sold everything to obtain it. In other words, the kingdom involves S-A-C-R-I-F-I-C-E. What does that spell, Rodney? Sacrifice. Salvation is a free gift of God and can never, no, not ever be bought. But although salvation cannot be purchased, there is a cost of salvation. And the Bible is very clear about that. What's the cost? Self? The cost is surrender? The cost is commitment? Commitment? Jesus himself said, you might remember, if anyone seeks to find his life, he will lose it. But if you lose your life, for my sake, you'll find it. Jesus says, you've got to deny yourself. If you want to be his disciple, take up your cross. Three things. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And that's a cost. It's the cost of self. Martin Luther said, let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also. Also. Spurgeon said, in order to have Jesus, we should sell self-will, self-righteousness, and sinful pleasures. I agree with that. And the truth is, until a person gives up all that they are, God will not give up all that he is. And so... We sing the song. Can't wait till the Lord comes, Lord come back. We sing many songs about the return of the Lord. And you know I, I'm very, very um, excited about the return of the Lord because God's going to redeem all things and all this rotten stuff. And you watch W R A L and News 17 and C CN- and And it's awful. I can't wait for the Lord to come back just to set things straight. But you know, there's a part of me that says, Rodney, I can't wait for the Lord to come back because it's going to be the end of me. You ever feel sick and tired of being sick and tired of you? Well, I wouldn't expect that, Rodney. Well, well, yeah. Of you, I'm sick and tired of me. I'm sick and tired of dealing with the flesh. I know that I won't ever stop dealing with my flesh, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, seeking to become a man, become a man of God, seeking to become all that God wants me to be. That will never ever end. Until I'm in his presence where I will see him face to face. And, and, and I'll be like him, the Bible says. And all of this flesh and all of this, you know, life of mine will be done. And I'll be done and in his presence. And that's where I want to be. Changed by him. And in the meantime, I've got to give him all of me in order that I might obtain all of him this is what Paul said in Philippians as he said that I might apprehend that which I've been apprehended for Philippians 3 that I might grab hold of all that he has grabbed the whole of Rodney that's what I want and that's what you should want just to be like him that's all and to be thankful he's given you his spirit What more could you ask for?
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923 be salt and light.